engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. I'm back, and the station name is still the same. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I am going to be with you tonight until 11 o'clock. We will stop at 9 for the president's uh, introduction of his Supreme Court nominee. It will be at 9 o'clock. We'll cover that live here at WSB. Uh, Here's my game plan for the next little while. I will give you a data dump on all the stuff I know, all the stuff I'm hearing, uh, and cover the other news that happened while I was on vacation. Starting at 7 o'clock, we will move into a longer format program, and I will spend a lot of time on your phone calls and who you think should be the nominee. What do you want to see in the nominee? At 9 o'clock, we will have the president's nominee, and then I'll give you all the, the spin and breakdown of what I've got afterwards. To begin, though, I want to go back to a prior nomination, uh, and that would be Neil Gorsuch. Uh, Mark Meadows, the uh, congressman from North Carolina, friend of mine, put this up on social media earlier. I think it is useful for us to start with the constitutional role of the Supreme Court, as told by Justice Gorsuch, then the nominee for the Supreme Court. When I put on the robe, I'm also reminded that under our Constitution, it's for this body, the people's representatives, to make new laws, for the executive to ensure those laws are faithfully executed, and for neutral and independent judges to apply the law in the people's disputes. If judges were just secret legislators, declaring not what the law is, but what they would like it to be, the very idea of a government by the people and for the people would be at risk. And those who came before the court would live in fear, never sure exactly what the law requires of them, except for the judge's will. As Alexander Hamilton said, liberty can have nothing nothing to fear from judges who apply the law, but liberty has everything to fear if judges try to legislate, too. There you go. That is Neil Gorsuch uh, during his confirmation hearing. So what do we know? What do I know? I, I will tell you, I, at this point, do believe that the White House is engaging in some uh, uh, intentional obfuscation. It was several hours ago I was told for certain uh, that the president had finally made up his mind. In fact, let me give you the lay of the land from what I know. Um, The president last week weighed this decision very carefully. He set today as his deadline because he's headed to the NATO summit and to meet with Vladimir Putin. He wants to shift his focus there. Uh, So he wanted to make up his mind and and set it for 9 p.m. tonight. Um, He liked the Neil Gorsuch announcement, which came in the evening um, when he did Neil Gorsuch in 2017, decided there would be more eyeballs later in the evening. He wants this to be a big deal. He understands this is legacy building. Uh, Some rumors are he wanted to help Sean Hannity by doing it at nine o'clock. That's nonsense. This is all about the president's legacy, and he understands that. Uh, I am told he narrowed the list to four. Uh, Amy Barrett from the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, a Notre Dame grad uh um thomas is thomas kethledge is his last name uh from out california way the the folks in california love him Uh, thomas hardeman is from the sixth circuit court of appeals that is uh mary trump mary ann trump uh, the president's sister that's her guy she likes him and then brett kavanaugh from the dc circuit court of appeals Uh, Kavanaugh is probably 
the guy. I don't know that for certain, and I'll tell you why I say that. He Well, let me put it this way. He's not probably the guy. He is the guy the White House counsel and the White House staff want. Whether or not he's the guy the president wants is something else. So, last week, last Thursday, I, I was visiting family in Louisiana, visiting my parents out in rural Louisiana. We got an Airbnb house, which we had never done before. A uh, house way out in the country, a lot of land, a huge lake, no cell phone service. Internet was delivered via Wi-Fi, which was terrible. Uh, really, really just, uh, and, and no disrespect intended, it's just if, if it got cloudy, the Internet slowed down. If it stormed, there was no Internet. Uh, so it was just complete unplugging. But at one moment, I had Twitter. And just tweeted out very simply that the people who like Brett Kavanaugh also liked John Roberts. And I didn't think anything else of it. Then, a couple hours later, we headed off to take my parents to lunch. And when I got into a part of civilization that had cell phone service, I mean, my phone just going nuts. Uh, text messages coming in, uh, including people from inside the White House. A, a senior person from inside the White House called me. A person outside the White House involved in the nominations process called me. All of them to take issue with my tweet on Brett Kavanaugh. All of them to tell me to take it down or modify it in some way. Now, all of them very defensive of him. And I got to tell you, I am convinced they, they made a very real, credible case that I was wrong about Kavanaugh, that he really would be good, and um, that, in fact, uh, Kavanaugh is probably the guy they all want. So whether or not he actually is the nominee, I don't know. The, the issue here is that... Um, the White House lawyers really want him. I'm told that uh, Don McGahn, the president's lawyer in the White House, really has been pushing for Kavanaugh. There is a twist to the story, though, and it comes from this weekend with Mitch McConnell. Over the weekend, multiple reports note that uh, Mitch McConnell advised the White House that Kavanaugh and Hardiman are preferable to Barrett because Barrett may risk losing Murkowski and Collins, which could then force John McCain into a difficult position. Kavanaugh, according to these reports, McConnell advised the president, could stretch the confirmation process out because there are thousands and thousands of pages of documents related to his time as part of Ken Starr's investigation of Bill Clinton, as part of his time with the White House Counsel's Office under George W. Bush, as part of his time on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. There are tons of documents and a large paper trail about Kavanaugh. Uh, and so McConnell was suggesting diplomatically Hardiman would be the least controversial person. Hardiman happens to also be the most Kennedy-like. In fact, I got to tell you, uh, you might as well keep Kennedy on the Supreme Court if you're going to get Hardiman. He excites no one, and his record is dubious. Um, he's got a good record on religious liberty and guns, and that's about it. But Kennedy had that record, too. Everyone's skeptical of anything else. I'm deeply skeptical of him. Um, that being said, those are the top names. There's Kethledge, there's Kavanaugh, there's Hardiman, 
and there's Barrett. The hangup on Kettler or on Kavanaugh, oddly enough, is that he worked for George W. Bush, and George W. Bush put him in the circuit court, and so Donald Trump is deeply suspicious of that. The hang-up on Kethledge is that, according to people close to the president, the president didn't find him very inspiring, found him very low energy, um, that being the phrasing. And I am told by someone who talked to the president that the president is very intrigued by Amy Barrett for a very particular particular reason that you will probably not along with. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. So two things. Uh, I have received a briefing paper on Brett Kavanaugh today. And uh, the New York Times is reporting Secret Service agents have just escorted him from the D.C. Court of Appeals uh, in a black sedan with four black SUVs uh, following him. So either he's getting death threats and people want me to know who he is or Kavanaugh is the nominee. Um, We'll see. We will see. Um, uh, but this, this briefing paper is interesting in that I don't think I would have gotten this from who I got it from if they weren't laying the groundwork. Um, but we don't know. Um, I'm such a pessimist. I'm still thinking it's going to be Hardeman. Um, that being said, I know from someone who talked directly to the president that he was very interested in Amy Coney Barrett. He was very interested in her for two reasons. One, she's a woman, and it would put feminists in a very humorous position of having to fight against a woman, claiming that a woman was going to set back women's rights uh, by advancing to the Supreme Court. The other is that she did not go to Harvard or Yale. That she did not go to Harvard or Yale 
is a pretty big thing for the president because every single member of the Supreme Court went to Harvard or went to Yale. And they really, he wants to shake up the diversity of the Supreme Court beyond gender. He wants to shake it up intellectually and thinks that having someone outside of Harvard or Yale on the court would be a good thing. But a number of people have advised the president that Amy Coney Barrett would be a very difficult confirmation fight because though she picked up several Democrats last time, they could make a plausible case now that she was too new to the Circuit Court of Appeals and she hadn't been there long enough to establish herself. They also believe that because she very clearly had written about Roe versus Wade in the past and why it was a terribly rendered decision, that she could lose Lisa Murkowski and she could lose Susan Collins. And in losing both of them, uh, she her nomination would be in jeopardy. That's what I'm being told. So who is Brett Kavanaugh? Again, I don't know that he is the pick. Uh, I can tell you that I knew as of la- late last week that the White House lawyers wanted him and that I've received a briefing paper on him today and that he's now been seen under Secret Service protection, which all of those are pretty big flags. It is 39 after the hour. Just to bring you up to speed on where we are, we await the president's announcement at 9 p.m. tonight. No one really knows who it is, and people inside the White House have done their best to uh, stir the rumor mill this afternoon to keep people um, guessing. And then it went really, really quiet for the last several hours. Until about 15 minutes ago, Brett Kavanaugh on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, who's widely been seen as the lead guy was escorted from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals into a sedan surrounded by Secret Service agents and whisked off to parts unknown. Uh, That suggests that Brett Kavanaugh, he's either in on obfuscating or he is the nominee. Um, It is looking more and more like he could be the nominee. The people around the president have wanted uh, him for the longest time. Now, to give you some background on Kavanaugh, who he is, He worked for Ken Starr. In fact, Brett Kavanaugh is the guy who had to prepare the report on uh, the Vince Foster suicide. Brett Kavanaugh is the guy who had to view the crime scene and the body and write that report back in the 1990s when uh, Vince Foster, who worked for Bill Clinton, committed suicide at Fort Marcy Park, and people speculated he either killed suicide to protect the Clintons or he was actually killed. There were lots of conspiracy theories. Uh, It turns out he had all sorts of problems and um, was overwhelmed and committed suicide. Uh, He then, um, he worked for the White House Counsel's Office and the Bush White House uh, and the Department of Justice, uh, Kavanaugh did. He is actually the guy who essentially made the case to George W. Bush to find someone for the Supreme Court. Remember, this was, uh, I got to set this up for you because otherwise you'll start screaming and that's not my intent here. Kavanaugh made the case to George W. Bush 
that if he went out and found someone who was aggressively pro-life, he couldn't get that person confirmed by the Senate because the filibuster was still in place and the Republicans in the Senate had refused to get rid of it. Remember, they had tried for Miguel Estrada and John McCain and several others, Bill Frist and others, cut a deal with the Democrats and preserved the filibuster. So Brett Kavanaugh drafted a memo to George W. Bush and said the way to find someone for the Supreme Court is not to look for someone who has planted flags saying, I am for repealing Roe, I am for defending the Second Amendment or what have you. It was to find someone who in their jurisprudence had routinely and aggressively taken the position that the judiciary should know its place and stay out of the way. And from that, the Bush White House uh, searched through all their the, the nominees, uh, got the Federalist Society's paperwork, and settled on John Roberts to be Chief Justice and Sam Alito uh, to be the Associate Justice. Now, you can criticize the appointment of John Roberts. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh did not... Uh, champion John Roberts. He championed the idea of finding someone who believed in judicial restraint. And that, in fact, is what we got with Roberts. Even his Obamacare opinion that I disagree with was all about the judiciary should be restraining itself. Um, But then you got Sam Alito, who's pretty hardcore. Kavanaugh was then appointed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, where he has been consistently conservative. There are two cases, however, that conservatives have really blown Kavanaugh up about. So the big Kavanaugh case that has caused a lot of controversy has been his decision on Obamacare. When it came to the Supreme Court, he dissented from the majority. Um, The majority was pro-Obamacare, and he filed a dissent, but his dissent was on jurisdictional grounds. And on the jurisdictional grounds, uh, he he said that the case needed to go back to the district court. And it was essentially shaping away, according to people who like Kavanaugh, he was painting, drafting a roadmap for how to get rid of Obamacare uh, through a jurisdictional issue. Um, there was another case as well. Uh, I now and that one completely escapes me as to what it was that has drawn some concern. But again, it was very, very much um, a, a case where he, in the dissent, didn't take hard lines declaring something bad, but tried to paint an intellectual framework for how to undo what the majority was doing. Now, that said, you should know he is on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, which means he was involved in the Heller decision. Yes, the Heller decision. Kavanaugh wrote the dissent on Heller before the the, uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. It was Kavanaugh's reasoning in the dissent to Heller that Antonin Scalia used to write the majority opinion in Heller. Heller. Heller is the decision where the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court ruled that the Second Amendment is an individual right. The Supreme Court reversed the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, Kavanaugh had lost at the Circuit Court of Appeals level, and his dissent was adopted by 
Antonin Scalia. Kavanaugh's reasoning is what Scalia used to reverse the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And he was his. There was a second case from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals where Justice Thomas embraced Kavanaugh's decisioning from from his Heller dissent. Uh, he was also good on a host of religious liberty issues. He's been very good for conservatives on immigration issues, and he's been strong on federal jurisdiction. The thing that sets Kavanaugh apart from almost every other judge who was under consideration by the president, though, and this may have been what tipped it in his favor if he's the nominee, is that Brett Kavanaugh has been consistently hostile to the regulatory state. Kavanaugh is consistently on the side of free enterprise when it comes to bureaucratic regulations where Congress has written a poorly drafted law and allowed bureaucrats to figure it out for themselves. Kavanaugh has been very opposed to the bureaucrats doing that, saying Congress needs to do a better job of making clear their laws, not let bureaucrats become lawmakers in and of themselves. And that is something the president has been looking for as he sets about undermining the regulatory state. It is 55 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. Yes, I'm back. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. We await the 9 p.m. hour and the president uh, naming his nominee. Uh, There have been multiple reports out today, and I really do think that what we're seeing is an intentional obfuscation by the White House because the president believes in ratings, ratings, ratings. The president wants all eyeballs on him at 9 o'clock tonight. Um, That being said, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that uh, people close to Thomas Hardiman have said uh, they need to get ready to support him. And people close to Amy Barrett are saying that uh, she is headed to Washington, D.C., although reporters are outside her home are denying that. And then there's Brett Kavanaugh, who has been whisked away by the Secret Service from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. So no one really, and it could be someone else. Who knows? It could be Ronald McDonald. The president gets to nominate the person. Um, The most watchers this evening, the, the rumor mill, by the way, has gone completely silent, you should know. Uh, there have been lo- there was lots of buzz earlier. People saying it's not going to be Kethledge, the president's ruling out. It, maybe it's going to be them. They had all the different people in different angles, and now suddenly everyone's centered on Kavanaugh. I don't actually know. We'll find out at nine o'clock if something changes before then. I'll let you know. But right now, uh, multiple people are telling me it appears to be Kavanaugh, but even they aren't a hundred percent sure. We'll talk more about this and take your calls when we come back. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We await the president's decision this evening on who will be his pick 
for the United States Supreme Court. All eyes this evening now on Brett Kavanaugh of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, who was seen leaving the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals today under Secret Service protection, uh, which tends to happen if one is nominated by the president for the Supreme Court. Um, now, there have been a couple of people who told me if, given all the death threats and whatnot uh, that have been going on and harassment of Republicans, knowing that Hardiman, Kavanaugh, and Barrett were all uh, contenders for this, that it would have been possible all of them had Secret Service protection. But I, I've now had it clarified that uh, none of them have had any sort of uh, protection, elevated security presence or anything else. Uh, so this is unique. It is a sign that points to him. Uh, I still hope it is Amy Barrett. Amy Barrett makes the most sense for this president for a number of reasons, and I will get to those. But before I do, having been gone for the last week on vacation, I, I did want to catch up on some of the other news that's out there, including this evening here today in Great Britain. Uh, the Theresa May government is beginning to collapse. Uh, the pro-Brexit ministers are resigning, and in fact, the American ambassador there is getting it to um, is getting involved criticizing the May plan on dealing with uh, the European Union and essentially and, and yes you do need to know this it is relevant to you uh, because the Trump administration is essentially getting involved here um, trying to break apart uh, the EU the the May plan would have essentially allowed Great Britain to stay inside the free trade zone of the European Union and be subjected to the regulations of Brussels that so many people wanted out of, uh, while then disentangling itself from everything else, which there's no guarantee the European Commission and the other European countries would go along with it, and it would still essentially cause a lot of the problems that precipitated the Brexit to begin with. Um, and it's interesting to see President Trump's advisors getting involved in this and criticizing the Theresa May plan. Several of her ministers have now resigned. We'll see what happens there. Another issue is closer to home. More of the Clay Tippins audio has come out about Casey Cagle. And I got to tell you, I've listened to this part of the audio. And if the, if the Kemp campaign is smart, what they will do is they will tie all of these statements together. They will use these statements and they'll tie it together to portray Cagle as an opportunist, uh, that he says whatever he needs to get elected. But I got to tell you, I listened to this audio and I find myself nodding along with Casey Cagle in this audio. Um, let me just tell you what he says to, um, what he says to Clay Tippins on this audio is essentially that the problem is the primary. The people don't give a blankety blanky about, uh, the issues that Casey Cagle and Clay Tippins say they care about in the general election. They care about those issues, but they don't care about them in the primary. The primary felt like it was who had the biggest gun, who had the biggest truck and who could be the craziest. And it did. I think Cagle is right on this point. Um, I, and you know, you can take that with his, and now to remind you of his prior statement, uh, Cagle admitted he supported a piece of legislation that he had opposed in the past because he needed to stop the Hunter Hill campaign from getting a contribution and thought that if he supported 
this school choice legislation, even though he thought it was bad public policy, he could hurt Hunter Hill, so he went along with it. Um, and uh, now he says this, and you can take the two together that the primary felt like it had the biggest, who had the biggest gun, who had the biggest truck, who could be the craziest was going to win. And you say, okay, this is Cagle then showing that he even the Delta stuff, the religious, his supporter Riffer and whatnot was all opportunistic. You can do that. But he's right, isn't he? I mean, isn't Cagle right in this? That the way people get attention, I mean, he, he, even Brian Kemp, I loved his gun ad. But Brian Kemp's gun ad was designed to do what? To neutralize Cagle, who did what? Who stopped Delta from getting a tax break that Cagle himself supported giving them after they opposed the NRA, after, after they said they wouldn't do business with NRA members. Cagle did that. And he felt he had to do that to, to have an impact. And as a matter of fact, he got the NRA endorsement and the NRA has been sent to people. He's absolutely right on this. I mean, you can disagree with Cagle. You can consider Cagle an opportunist on this stuff, but he's absolutely right. There was this element there of, of I got to do the craziest thing to get the most attention to be able to win. We're continuing to see the fallout of, of the tape from Clay Tippins, but I'm, I'm wondering how much this part of it gets traction because I, I mean, I, I think this, I think Kegel's right here. And yeah, do I think Kegel's? Yes, he's a politician. Politicians are opportunists. And do I trust him on his support? Of I, I, I really don't. Um, I, and I know Kegel says he would support Rifra. It's something that thirty-three other states have on their books. But I, I don't really trust that he will will work to get it passed. Uh, I think this will be another deal, Nathan Deal situation, um, where once he gets in the Chamber of Commerce will get what they, they like. Uh, but do I think that he will be more Republican than... Yes. Do I think he'll be better than Stacey Abrams? Absolutely. Um, now, if Kemp can do something, and I hear the polling is still very close in this race, Kemp definitely uh, has a way to proceed and a way to win. Uh, I do know that the Stacey Abrams folks would love to have Brian Kemp as the nominee. They think Kemp will be far easier to beat than Casey Cagle. I think they're wrong on that, um, but that's the state of play here. On this one, though, I don't find Casey Cagle saying that this race was about uh, who could be the craziest to be offensive or false. I think he's on the money there. Um, that's my thought on that. Now, there is other news going on as well. Um, and beyond the Supreme Court, we're going to be here until 11 o'clock on the Supreme Court. Um, I, I, I want to kind of wait until after seven o'clock when we have larger time to take your calls on who you want and what you're thinking. Um, but I do want to mention the Amy Barrett situation and why I think Amy Barrett makes the most sense. I'm going to be Amy Barrett up until the moment he announces Brett Kavanaugh and Kavanaugh will be a fine pick. But I think that this president is someone who has had a real pulse on the culture war issues. And Amy Barrett is a way to play in the culture war with the Supreme Court in a way that works for conservatives and works for Trump voters. And to the extent that he's going with uh, Kavanaugh, if, if it's Kavanaugh, and we don't know. We don't know. It could be Hardiman. I hope it's not Hardiman. Hardiman is the guy least likely to make anyone excited. He is really no different from Anthony Kennedy. 
In fact, he's worse than Anthony Kennedy on First Amendment issues. Um, so, he, I mean, all of the analysis I've seen of Hardiman and, and just my own study of his record is he's worse than Kennedy on First Amendment issues. He's probably better than Kennedy on Second Amendment issues. But then he's worse than Kennedy on, on a host of other things as well, or the same as Kennedy on gay marriage, on abortion, and you name it. We've got a, we've got a, a chance to move this court to the right definitively. And watching the liberal hysteria and the left-wing meltdown today is absolutely hysterical. They're, they're actually seriously discussing court packing now, the scheme to expand the number of members of the Supreme Court. We'll get to that and a lot more when we come back as we await the president at 9 o'clock tonight announcing who will replace Anthony Kennedy. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 26 after the hour. Orrin Hatch telling Senator from Utah, uh, senior member of the Judiciary Committee, telling uh, reporters that it, he doesn't think it's Amy Coney Barrett. He knows who the Supreme Court pick is. He doesn't think that it's Amy Coney Barrett, which is disappointing. I, honestly, if Barrett were the president's pick for the Supreme Court, I would put a bumper sticker, a Trump 2020 bumper sticker on my car, write him a campaign check and start knocking on doors. Um, that'd be awesome. Uh, and it would fire up the base uh, in anticipation of November, which is why I think it would be such a great pick. But doesn't appear it's going to happen, which is disappointing. Um, Kavanaugh is still good, vastly better than Hardiman. I, it would be really disappointing. If it's Hardiman, um, talk about suppressing the base for November. If it's Hardiman, um, at least Kavanaugh gives us a solid, solid pick. Um, 
Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, and, and Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, when asked by a reporter if he knows who it is, told the reporter that he should get outside and get some sunshine. So we'll see. Um, y'all, I mentioned this earlier. Learn from my mistakes. So I've got a peach pass uh, to drive on the toll lanes and got a $100, $102 fine uh, from Peach Pass for driving in the toll lanes, even though I have a Peach Pass. Now, why did this occur? Well, uh, my credit card number got stolen. And so instead of sending me a note saying that we can't process your $2 in tolls for driving on the toll lane, they sent me a $100 fine plus the $2. Uh, so if your credit card number gets stolen and you have a Peach Pass, be sure, remember, go in there and change your credit card number because they're not going to send you a notice like every other business on the planet. Uh, they're going to fine you $100 and use the power of the state to collect it from you. It, it actually does bother me um, that, you know, you, you tend to get a, a from companies that you do auto pay with. They send you a note and say, we we're unable to process this. Perhaps there's something wrong with your card. Like it got stolen. But Peach Pass decided not to do that. They just sent a letter in the mail saying, pay up or else we'll sick the state on you. Actually, they'll stick a uh, collector on you and then the attorney general may come after you. Um, annoying. Nonetheless, when we come back, uh, why Amy Barrett makes the most sense, even though it's probably not her at this point. And the Democratic reaction is already over the top. They're going all in on the anti-Catholic stuff. It's 39 after the hour. We continue to await the president's announcement and any word leaking out or in Hatch who had been uh, pushing for Amy Coney Barrett uh, is saying he doesn't think it's going to be her and says he knows who the nominee is. So we're taking that as code for it's not her. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh has been seen under Secret Service protection this afternoon at the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, which is exactly what happened to Merrick Garland at the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals hours before um, hours before he was nominated by President Trump. We will be... We'll see. I, personally, what I want to see tonight is a rose ceremony where President Trump has all of them up there. He has bring in Merrick Garland, bring in Hardiman, bring in Kavanaugh, bring in Kethledge, bring in Barrett, and gives a rose to the one who is the actual nominee. And then we will go to the ceremonial ABC interview, softball interview. When did you first know that he or she was the one? And then we'll hear from angry Merrick Garland, who was yet again rejected. And then we may actually have a wedding ceremony. We'll, we'll see. Now, Johnny Isaacson earlier today said this is just the beginning, and it is true. What's going to happen is tomorrow, whoever the nominee is will go to the Senate We'll begin one-on-one -on -one meetings, get-to-know-you sessions with members of the Senate. Democrats on the floor of the Senate today already came out and said they will not vote for the nominee. Uh, the Democrats are not going to do it. 
This will be all on the Republicans. The president has to find someone who will unite the Republicans. Uh, in fact, uh, all of the Democrats in states Trump won who were up for re-election this year were invited to the White House. They turned him down. Uh, they want nothing to do with the nominee, which again is why the president should go with Amy Barrett, because the Democrats cannot help but overplay their hand. There was a piece up today at the Daily Wire, not the Daily Wire, that's been Shapiro's, the Daily Beast, attacking uh, Catholics on the Supreme Court, essentially saying that it was a Catholic plot to take over America. Uh, no, I, I, I wish I was making this up. It was a, a Catholic plot to take over America that the entire the Federalist Society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, was a Catholic plot. I kid you not. Uh, genuinely craziness. Um, really, it, it was it was very bigoted. Meanwhile, Ezra Klein from Vox, the, the left-wing site, has a think piece up today that, you know, the Supreme Court will always be undemocratic. The problem is now it's becoming anti-democracy. Anti-democracy. Now, Ezra Klein is a guy who was fine with the Supreme Court throwing out the laws in two-thirds of the states, duly passed by the voters in most cases, declaring marriage between a man and a woman. He was to totally fine when the Supreme Court was anti-democratic with that. He's totally fine with the Supreme Court throwing out laws passed in, in the several states about abortion. He's totally fine with that and doesn't think it's anti-democratic. But now that it's turning against Democrats and the left uh, with this pick, suddenly, oh, the Supreme Court is danger. We should pack the court, building the case for stacking the court. But, you know, listen, Democrats got rid of the filibuster for lower courts, so the Republicans got rid of the filibuster for the Supreme Court. If the Democrats decide, okay, we're going to raise the court's number to 11 so we can pack it, the Republicans are going to come in and say, you know what, we're going to raise it to 17, and we're going to pack it. They don't want to play this game. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. It's going to be interesting to see. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be here for the next two hours, and we're going to take your phone calls. Who do you want? What are you looking for in a justice for the Supreme Court? Uh, I am interested in that. Um, I've got a real concern with some who would probably go along with whoever the president picked. And if they were fairly bad, that you probably, well, would still defend the president. Uh, I, I'm worried about Hardiman, in other words. Hardiman, I don't think, is a good pick. Um, he's good on the Second Amendment. He's very good on the Second Amendment. But he's no better than Kennedy on a lot of other stuff. And in fact, he's worse than Kennedy on First Amendment issues. Uh, Anthony Kennedy, based on the First Amendment, essentially, um, protected a baker in Colorado. I don't know that Hardiman would do the same. He's, he's good on religious liberty. But on that front, not necessarily. That concerns me. I, I think there are better picks. Here's my ultimate frustration. This is why I think the president should have gone with Barrett. And he's not going to go with Barrett. She's at home tonight in Indiana. The president should have gone with Barrett because the Democrats aren't going to vote for her anyway. So go as far to the right as you can and dare Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski to vote against her. It puts Republicans in a very awkward position in the Senate and forces them to align with the president. I think it'd be a very good, good pick. It would fire up the Republican base in November as well as the Democrats melt down over the culture war stuff. They can't help themselves but be condescending. When it comes to the culture war stuff, that's why Barrett is such a genius pick for this president. 
And it's not going to happen. More and more it's looking like Kavanaugh tonight as we read the tea leaves. It is 53 after the hour. The next two hours, I'm going to take your phone calls on what you want on the Supreme Court. What sort of person are you looking for? What do you hope the president does tonight? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Them's the numbers right now, though. I got to tell you, the Atlanta police are looking for a guy who kicked a cat at a gas station. The video is on Instagram. Half of the men in Atlanta are turning themselves in, I'm sure. I, I, I'm i not condoning kicking cats. I like cats. But this is a rather ridiculous waste of resources. Someone put up a picture of a man kicking a cat. You know, th- this is one of the pernicious things in Europe. So, for example, uh, I put up a picture a couple of weeks ago, uh, driving down the interstate with my son, and there was an 18-wheeler on fire. Uh, this is before the hands-free driving law, and I had the video recorder on and recorded it as we drove past. And later, when I got home, put it on Instagram. And the number of people, you can't do that. You're going to get turned in. Who? Just a a bunch of whiny nanny staters. It's just ridiculous. By the way, I've decided I'm opposed to the hands-free driving law. And I realize it's common sense and and a good thing. But um, it's just just ridiculous. Um, I'm no fan of the hands-free driving law. I did buy a mount for my car so I can see my phone without having to hold it. Uh, I highly encourage you, uh, ProClip USA, I have tried multiple um, phone lines. I I have tried multiple phone connector thingies. I've tried the mounts. Uh, They're all kind of garbage. The cheap ones are terrible. Uh, ProClipUSA.com, this isn't an ad. It's just I have found I'm sticking with theirs. After having thrown away so many, um, I really like them. I mentioned them before, uh, but I, I saw a woman today. She was leaving the gym actually and had had her earbuds in for her iPhone. She's never done this before, but she's got to now because she's in an older vehicle and she doesn't have a Bluetooth connection. I mean, essentially, what the hands-free driving law is is it makes rich white people feel good and taxes poor people who have to upgrade all their equipment. Uh, to get better stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't at me on this as the kids these days say. Don't call in upset with me. I'm telling you what I think. If you don't like it, deal with it. I think it's a terrible idea ultimately. Um, No, I don't think people should be texting and driving. We've already got a law about texting and driving. But this whole idea of you can't have your hand, your phone up to your ear to take a phone call while you're driving, um, the, every study out there shows that you might as well ban going through a drive-thru, ban a drive-thru because eating a burger while you're driving is more like increases your odds of having a wreck as well. Uh, yes, I know. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. People have died. There have been wrecks. Da, 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 da. Yes. Um, I just, I'm not a fan of the law, but now it is the law. And while I am going to put it on my scorecard, I'm doing and anyone who voted for it is going to be rated a liberal. Um, <laughs> I, I have my hands free device now, my my mount, and I got mine from the ProClip USA and you can too. Now, when we come back, 
we will get into your phone calls over the Supreme Court and who you want to see on the Supreme Court. Who's your pick? Uh, I'm always interested in who people want on the Supreme Court. And what are the? If you don't have a name, what are you looking for? My, my top pick, frankly, is Mike Lee. I think Mike Lee would be awesome, and if not Mike Lee, um, Amy Barrett, and it's not going to be either one of those. It's looking more and more like uh, Brett Kavanaugh. We will find out at 9 o'clock tonight, uh, and we will take your phone calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. When we come back, you can also at me on at EW Erickson on Twitter. Uh, when we come back, more analysis of the Supreme Court. I am Eric Erickson here on the Cox Media Group family of stations. The President of the United States uh, about a half hour ago nominated uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals to be a justice on the United States Supreme Court. The very first statement out from anyone on this after the President made it official was this one. President Trump has made an outstanding decision in nominating Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Brett is a brilliant jurist who has faithfully applied the Constitution and laws throughout his 12 years on the D.C. Circuit. He's a fine husband, father, and friend, and a man of the highest integrity. He will make a superb justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. That is from President George a. George W. Bush, who nominated Brett Kavanaugh to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals after his tenure in the White House. Now, who is Brett Kavanaugh? Well, his friends actually call him Coach K. Um, if you go to theresurgent.com, my website, you will see a number of pictures of him as a coach and with his kids. Um, it is, it's, it's very interesting to see the Republican reaction. Rand Paul, not a fan. Rand Paul warned the president um, that he was not a fan of Brett Kavanaugh because Brett Kavanaugh has sided with the government on some civil liberty issues. In fact, Reason Magazine suggesting that Kavanaugh will be more John Roberts than Antonin Scalia. However, I've got to tell you this. Um, I, I said this on my own local show uh, in Atlanta on WSB, and I, I think this bears repeating uh, now that all the stations have joined. I suspected that Kavanaugh was the nominee last week and have been saying all day today that I, I thought it was going to be him, even if I wanted Amy Barrett. Um, because last Thursday, I put up a tweet. And I was out in the country, didn't have cell service, little internet, and was able to put up a tweet while the internet was working between storms. It was on a satellite. And just said, all the people who are cheering this guy on cheered on John Roberts. That's all I said. That's all I tweeted. I went about my business, and then when I headed into the city, um, I started getting just pings. My phone lit up. I had had phone calls from inside the White House, phone calls from people outside the White House who were helping the White House. I had tweets from people outside the White House who were helping the process. I had tweets. For, I had text messages from people inside the White House, and all of them stridently, vigorously disagreeing with me on this issue. 
that he was nothing like John Roberts, that according to all of these people, and now subsequently from a number of his friends, including uh, some judges around the country, that he has a well-documented record, uh, that John Roberts did not have that record, that he does have that record, that he has a long paper trail showing he is a conservative, showing that he's good on religious liberty, showing that he'll be good on life issues, showing that he was good on on the Second Amendment. In fact, uh, Judge Kavanaugh on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals wrote the dissent. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the Second Amendment was not an individual right. Kavanaugh uh, wrote the dissent to that, and Justice Scalia, in his majority opinion in the Supreme Court on Heller, cited Kavanaugh's logic. Justice Thomas did as well in his concurrence. That uh, essentially Kavanaugh framed the decision and framed the logic. Um, it is. It's fascinating though. Kavanaugh is a creature of Washington. Now, here's an interesting thing from from Maggie Haberman at the New York Times. And here's something you need to know about Maggie Haberman. You may not like her. You may think she's a liberal. She has phenomenal sources inside the White House, including, I am led to believe, the president himself, who has attacked her on Twitter, but also calls her. Uh, and by the way, it is an open secret. The president does, does le- do a lot of his own leaking to members of the press, including to Maggie Haberman. And I have been told by several people, that the president was interested in Amy Barrett because, among other things, he wanted someone who was not Harvard or Yale. He didn't wind up going with her. He ultimately went with um, Judge Kavanaugh, who will continue the Harvard-Yale tradition. But Haberman is saying that the president told people he wanted to keep that going. He wanted Harvard and Yale to continue to be everyone on the Supreme Court is Harvard or Yale except Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She finished up at Columbia Law School and that the president wanted that, which is interesting. There's been a real obfuscation today by the White House and hat tip to them. Bill Shine, good friend of mine, uh, formerly executive vice president of Fox News. Now he is the White House communications director. Uh, he, uh, I think, did a great job of orchestrating this whole thing for the White House and making sure the White House staff did not leak. It kept the buzz. Uh, ratings are going to be off the charts. Um, it is very interesting to see one of the lines of attack on Brett Kavanaugh being that he is a beltway creature. He's actually born in Washington, D.C. He's from Washington, D.C. He has grown up in Washington, D.C., um, but he was literally on the staff of Ken Starr investigating a president of the United States. He worked for George W. Bush. He married a Texan. They were there on 9-11. You heard him tell that story earlier tonight. And after distinctive service for George W. Bush, who invented the legal strategy that led to Roberts and Alito, I'll explain that to you, he wound up getting nominated for the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, one of the attacks on Kavanaugh from the right is that he's the guy who convinced Bush to go with John Roberts. Now, I would note that this year, uh, John Roberts has been solidly on, on the side of conservatives. If it wasn't for Obamacare, conservatives would love John Roberts. They feel like he flubbed that issue. wasn't before him when Bush nominated him. Uh, but we, we got to go back to that time when Roberts was picked. Because people forget history more and more these days. The news cycles move on so fast. We've still got another billion news cycles before the election. Um In 2005, when John Roberts was nominated to the Supreme Court, the filibuster was still in effect. 
Republicans, you may recall, had tried to get rid of the filibuster because of Miguel Estrada, Democrats blocking Miguel Estrada. And they failed. Republicans did not have the votes to scuttle the filibuster. It took Harry Reid scuttling the filibuster in 2011, 2012, sometime around there, uh, to be able to pack courts. So the filibuster was still in place. And the White House needed to come up with a strategy for finding someone for the court who was conservative, but also could get through the filibuster of the Democrats. And Brett Kavanaugh hit on the strategy. The strategy was to find judges who had written extensively about the need for judicial restraint, that judges needed to know their place. And that's what led the Bush White House to pick both John Roberts and Samuel Alito. And one of the ways that Kavanaugh came up with for that, not just in the, in the general writings on judicial restraint, but on who out there had really picked fights with the bureaucratic state. Who picked the fights with the bureaucratic state? Which judges took issue with the Chevron case? The Chevron case is actually a case that Antonin Scalia has stood by, Clarence Thomas hates. The Chevron case, we learned about it in law school. Everybody who goes to law school takes a class called statutory law, how laws are made. And one of the things you learn in stat law is the Chevron case. The Chevron case essentially decided that bureaucrats, when given a nebulous law from Congress, are allowed to use their discretion to shape regulations to conform with their interpretation of the law. And as long as their regulations do not clearly violate the law, their regulations are legal. Neil Gorsuch, John Roberts, Sam Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Brett Kavanaugh have all written critically of the Chevron decision. They have said that the Chevron decision allows bureaucrats too much power, that essentially the Chevron case creates a fourth branch of government, that Congress can then write crummy laws that no one understands and that empowers bureaucrats to be able to write the actual law. And both sides have done it, by the way. Republicans and Democrats alike do this. But it's become a way, for example, for the Obama administration to uh, fire on all cylinders... Uh, in expanding the Leviathan of government through the bureaucracy without Congress ever getting involved. And Kavanaugh has wrote, written withering opinions about Chevron and the growth of the bureaucratic state. There are now five members of the Supreme Court who don't like the Chevron case if Brett Kavanaugh gets on. Kavanaugh, back when he was George Bush's guy helping find judges, came up with that strategy. Find judges who hate the Chevron case. Because if you like the Chevron case, you like the growth of government at the hands of a bureaucracy. That's a pretty big deal now. You're, you're, you're rapidly approaching a majority who hate the Chevron case 
on the Supreme Court and may be willing to finally overturn that case and consequently roll back the bureaucratic leviathan. So we don't know what his position is on life, and that's a concern from a lot of evangelicals. What is his position on life? Now, uh, people like Russell Moore, Ed Wieland, uh, Michael Gerson, and others who are normally critical of the president, they've come out and they've praised this pick, that they believe this guy is right on religious liberty. In fact, uh, Brett Kavanaugh has uh, chaired the Federalist Society's religious liberty section. It looks like he's going to be a conservative pick. It looks like Kavanaugh is going to be good. Um, I think the president probably has improved the Supreme Court to the extent that Brett Kavanaugh is inarguably to the right of Justice Kennedy. Now, you're going to hear some people attack him, saying he's nebulous on religious liberty. I think they're misconstruing some of his dissents. And you're going to hear people say that he affirmed Obamacare, which he didn't actually do. That's been a, a rather mischaracterization. Um, now you should know that um, some of these, these like Axios, the website, is saying that Kavanaugh is real close to Clarence Thomas. Well, he is on the Chevron case. He isn't necessarily on all cases. Um, we definitely will probably have more 5-4 decisions with conservatives, though. This past time, uh, Kennedy largely aligned with conservatives on all the major cases. But this is, this, is, uh, this is not the pick I wanted. I wanted Amy Coney Barrett because I believe she'll excite the base, she'll be reliably conservative, and we should have a, a woman strict constitutionalist originalist on the Supreme Court. That's not to be. Kavanaugh is a good fallback, though. Now, we're going to take your phone calls. What do you think about this pick? 404-872-0750 or nationally, 1-800-WSB-TALK. What do you think? Call in now. Erickson here uh, across the Cox Media Group family of stations. You can call in tonight uh, nationally and let us know what you think. 1-800-WSB-TALK is the number nationally. You can also call the Atlanta number 404-872-0750. That's 404-872-0750. We're going to go first to David calling from Kennesaw, Georgia. Welcome, David. Hey, Eric. Good to talk to you. You too. I was just I was listening to Kavanaugh's speech and everything. I like what I had to hear, and uh, I was thinking about the obstruction argument from the Democrats. And I was thinking to myself, why aren't the Republicans telling the Democrats, "Hey, you guys had Sotomayor and Elaine Keegan. We're just doing what you what you did during Obama's administration." Or are they too fractured to have that kind of argument? Or am I just being foolish by even bringing that up? Well, you know, I. The I, I think the big issue here is that um, when it comes to Sotomayor and Kagan, remember, Democrats are still under the mythology that Russia stole the election and that Trump didn't win the popular vote, unlike Barack Obama. So they they believe that any pick by the president is illegitimate. Um, the other thing is that 
Kagan and uh, Sotomayor did not shift the balance of the Supreme Court. Kavanaugh potentially will shift the balance of the Supreme Court to the right uh, pretty significantly, as a matter of fact, in certain areas. Uh, For example, while Anthony Kennedy sided with Jack Phillips in the Masterpiece Cake case, he largely claimed that it was because the bureaucrats in Colorado had treated him badly. Um, Had they done what they did but not call him a Nazi, um, perhaps they could have gotten away with it, in other words. Kavanaugh's record seems to suggest that would not be the case, that Kavanaugh believes there actually is a, a right to practice your religion, to exercise your religion, The Supreme Court precedent has largely concluded that there is no real right to exercise your religion, that if you're treated as one of everyone else um, and everybody's treated the same, well, then your right to exercise your religion doesn't supersede that, which is why we have RIFRA, Congress kind of intervening to to say, no, no, there actually is an exercise right. Kavanaugh has taken the position in the past that there actually is a real right to exercise your religion in this country, and that's to the right of Kennedy. It's a good thing. Now, when we come back, more of your phone calls here on the Cox Media Group family of stations. What do you think about this? Your reaction, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It is seven after the hour. I am Eric Erickson here on the Cox Media Group family uh, stations. Sorry, somewhat distracted. I'm getting a humorous text message from a friend of mine who is a friend of Kavanaugh's and is very excited. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, there is some breaking news right now you need to know about. Um, It is related to Kavanaugh. Uh, There are flash flood warnings now in effect. For San Francisco, Beverly Hills, and New York City, liberal tears are overwhelming those cities. Uh, Cars are washing down streets. Property damage being incurred. Um, So many liberal tears pouring out right now because of um, the... (laughs) I mean, liberal meltdown. You you guys, I got to read you some of these tweets. Uh, They're hilarious. From Terry McAuliffe, former governor of... Virginia, the nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh will threaten the lives of millions of Americans for decades to come and will morph our Supreme Court into a political arm of the right wing Republican Party. Um, According to uh, Brian Fallon, who worked for Barack Obama, uh, Kavanaugh praised dissent in Roe criticized Robert's ruling on Obamacare, says sitting uh, president can't be indicted, opposes net neutrality, opposes the Consumer Bureau, says assault weapons bans are unconstitutional. The Women's March statement, this is actually the funniest part, the, the Women's March statement on Trump's extremist SCOTUS nominee. This is the actual press release from the organizers of the Women's March. In response to Donald Trump's nomination of XX to the Supreme Court of the United States, the Women's March released the following statement. They they didn't even put the name in. It was just XX. Oh, my goodness gracious. Y'all, uh, for Pete's sake, y'all, the, the, the guy who feeds 
homeless people. Maybe he's feeding them Soylent Green. Could be. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's see. Nope, there's going to be a backlash to Kavanaugh, according to Adam Schiff. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> y'all, it's just the meltdown continues. I'm sorry, I can't keep reading these. I, I need to focus on y'all because I want to take your phone calls. The phone number here, if you're in the, the Georgia area, 404-872-0750, and you can use that number nationally, uh, or you can call the 800 number, 800-WSB-TALK. I'm interested in your reaction to Brett Kavanaugh tonight, and I'm going to go back to the phones now, uh, and I'm going to go to Richard in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Welcome, Richard. Thank you. Uh, you know, I voted for Donald Trump for two reasons. One was the economy. I felt he was better suited to fix it. Two was the Supreme Court. I do not think that uh, Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. I don't think any justice up there has expressed any interest in overturning it that I've ever seen. And I've been keeping up with politics for quite a while. And then no matter what their dissensions are in the past on any of the issues about it, none of them are going to take that up and take away the right to abort your child. I yeah. am a pro rights I am a pro life person, but I understand that it's not going away. And people need to understand it's not going away. And you know yeah. the scare tactics, this this um rigor morale that they're throwing up, that's all it is. It's just it's it's an impossible scheme to sit down and talk to anybody from the left logically about yeah all the other rights that they're going to be giving up if the court goes in the other direction and i think they would rather do that than to lose any argument and that's really all i got to say well look i i appreciate that very much it, it is interesting honestly if the supreme court of the united states got rid of roe v wade tomorrow if that happened tomorrow what would happen? Abortion would not be banned. That's a lie. All the Supreme Court would be doing is saying abortion is not a constitutional right, which means it would be a state decision. And a majority of states would still have abortion on demand. California, New York, Virginia, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Illinois, um, Oregon, Washington, uh, Minnesota, these states would still have abortion on demand. It, it wouldn't go away. Uh, what would probably happen, though, is that it would deeply hurt the Republican Party because so many of the supporters of the Republican Party right now stay with the Republican Party because of that issue. And only that issue. Um it just it's it's a it's a funny funny thing I, I you know I realize the left has so convinced themselves it is sacramental to the left it really is uh, abortion has become a sacrament the, the liberal you know religion doesn't go away if you don't believe in God it, it just uh, secularism becomes religion you adopt sacraments you adopt a liturgy you adopt all these things in secularism it's just different from organized religion but you still have sacraments and abortion is the sacrament of the left there are people out there who believe that women should go through the process of getting an abortion to to f in some way feel empowered they really are there there are feminist professors out there who write treatises on this 
there it's become so part of the religion of the left uh, that they can't understand it would actually probably be to their benefit if Roe v. Wade were overturned because you'd completely wipe out most of the Republican Party, uh, which is by at this point held together in large part because of uh, Roe v. Wade and the left's ongoing hostility to religion. Now, it's just it's it's an interesting, interesting thing to consider. Now, uh, back to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Those are the phone numbers. We're taking your calls nationwide. Brandon and Smyrna, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Um, I had a quick question. Uh, I was thinking, if we lived in a parallel universe and Hillary Clinton was elected and she was in the position that Donald Trump was in with the ability to elect a second Supreme Court member, uh, what direction do you think we would really be going in? Where, I mean, what what do you think the overall direction of the country would be with the uh, the influence that obviously the, the Supreme Court has on on such major decisions and the way that it affects the country as a whole? Sure. Um, well, just look at the cases that the Supreme Court decided this past year. Uh, Jack Phillips and Christians would be forced to bake the cakes. Uh, the, um, the, the, what is it? The, the Muslim ban, as they call it, the travel ban wouldn't have gone into effect. Um, the case about abortion clinics in California would have been decided the other way. Uh, pro-lifers, Christians would be more persecuted than they otherwise are going to be. Um, at the same time though, you get a sense from people like Merrick Garland, uh, President Obama nominee Merrick Garland, it wouldn't go as far to the left as a Sonia Sotomayor, Sotomayor or a Ginsburg, largely because, remember, the Republicans would still control the Senate in that hypothetical. And as Republicans control the Senate in that hypothetical, um, well, they, they still wouldn't get a hardcore liberal nominee. Although it is worth noting, it is very much worth noting the reality is that Republicans in the Senate have never historically been as opposed to liberal justices as Democrats have been to conservative ones. Robert Bork got blocked, but Ginsburg, Breyer, Kagan, Sotomayor, none of them got blocked. Now, what's really going to be interesting, what if Republicans hold the Senate? and something happens to Ginsburg. If Republicans make gains in the Senate and something happens to Ginsburg, well, buddy, uh, you the meltdown from the left will be historic. It really will be. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Taking your calls nationwide. Mitchell in Woodstock, you're next. Hey, Mitchell. Hi, Eric. What's, what do you think? Mitchell. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. Hey, I'm a hardcore Trump supporter. Matter of fact, I love you on local issues, but you used to drive me crazy with your <laughs> uh, Trump views. Uh-huh. Uh, with that said, I feel a little sold out by Trump. I think this guy's too modern. I think he played politics too much. I'd like to see somebody to the right of uh, Gorsuch myself. Well, listen, um, that seems to be where the conservative criticism comes down is why is the president going with a guy who was born inside the Beltway and made his career inside the Beltway? Um, that is very much um, the opinion of those from the right who are criticizing uh, Kavanaugh. In fact, there's a strong contingent of people on the right who are saying that he is really weak 
on religious liberty cases and that he won't be very good on those cases. There is uh, the libertarian contingent, for example, at, at Reason Magazine that uh, Brett Kavanaugh is a strong defender on the Second Amendment, but is really bad on the Fourth Amendment. And there are criticisms from the right. Uh, I personally believe the president made the mistake of playing it too safe. This is a president who tends to hit it out of the park when he gets a little crazy. And Amy Barrett would have been the more logical case for him. She would have put Democrats in a very awkward position. She would have put Republicans in an awkward position. She might just have uh, forced people, uh, forced John McCain to decide whether or not he wants to stay uh, or leave to help put a conservative on the bench, which is something McCain has said he wanted to do. Uh, it, it would, she would have hit the trifecta, and, and Kavanaugh does know that he is a very safe pick. But oh my goodness gracious. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, there is a complete meltdown from the left right now. Uh, Jesse Lee is the communications director for the Center for American Progress. He's a former special assistant to President Obama. He was in charge of the White House rapid response team. This is his tweet. I'm in shock. Kavanaugh is the worst conceivable pick. Guaranteed to overturn Roe. Overtly wants to overturn the Health Care Act. Totally wants to eliminate the check on Trump, trashing the rule of law. McConnell already said he'll fall on his record, fail on his record. Uh, base has been trashing him all week. Um, okay. I don't know what those last two mean, but this is doom and gloom from the left here. They are in a fit of meltdown tonight. I hope the U.S. Marshals and Secret Service are protecting Brett Kavanaugh. Um, very, very, very hoping that they are protecting this guy because the left is coming unglued tonight. And I got to tell you, when you look at the, did you hear the story today about um, Steve Bannon in the bookstore? The left is now trying to destroy that business. There really isn't, other than like death, uh, secular leftists and jihadists are all out to convert or be destroyed. Uh, the, the secular left didn't kill in people, yeah, other than James, James, uh, what's his name? Um, Hodgkinson, but otherwise it's convert or be destroyed. And worry about Kavanaugh. Put him on your prayer list. We'll be back with more of your calls. It is 25 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. I'm broadcasting from WSB in Atlanta across the Cox Media Group uh, family of stations. You can call in. I'd love to get your take on uh, potential Justice Kavanaugh, Coach K, as his kids call him. If you go to theresurgent.com, you can see a picture of him uh, coaching his daughter's team. The phone number here, 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It is worth noting that one of the factors weighing on the president for nominating uh, Brett Kavanaugh is where Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins will come down. Collins and Murkowski have the ability to kill any nomination and have already both said 
that they uh, will not support anyone who has shown hostility towards Roe versus Wade. Brett Kavanaugh, in his confirmation hearing uh, for the U.S. Circuit Court in D.C., was asked about Roe v. Wade and said as far as he was concerned, he considered it a settled and binding precedent. Now, if you're a circuit court nominee, that's what you say. That's what they all say. Because it is. It's not for a Supreme Court justice, however. It's not binding precedent if you're on the Supreme Court. It's only binding precedent on the Court of Appeals. But interestingly, Susan Collins uh, supported Neil Gorsuch, who wrote a book with Brett Kavanaugh on precedent. And she supported uh, Brett Kavanaugh in 2006 before the, for his nomination to the Court of Appeals. So did Lisa Murkowski, for that matter. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see where they go. Um, and I suspect what's going to happen is there's going to be a dramatic kabuki theater now. You're going to have Democrats and Democratic interest groups screaming. And they're going to claim that they have the votes to obstruct. The Democrats are going to make a great show of it. They'll try to drag this out. But they're not going to be able to. And they're not going to be able to because they don't have the votes. Because the Democrats decided to stack the D.C. Court of Appeals when Barack Obama was president. And to do that, they had to blow up the filibuster. So now they don't have a filibuster in order to stop someone like Brett Kavanaugh from taking Anthony Kennedy's spot. Kavanaugh, dramatically to the right of Anthony Kennedy, on a host of issues. The one issue on which he's probably not to the right of Kennedy is, or actually is to the right of Kennedy on this issue as well, um, is, is on Fourth Amendment issues. Uh, he, he sides with the state on those uh, criminal justice, warrant issues, things like that. But otherwise, uh, he's definitely moves the court to the right. The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. More of your calls when we come back. It is 37 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is the Cox Media Group family of stations nationwide. You can call me at 1-800-WSB-TALK or 404-872-0750. What do you think about the pick? Let's go back to the phones. Chris in Washington, D.C., you're up next. Welcome. Uh, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, well, uh, like you, I was wishing that he would have picked Amy Barrett as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I did have a question because I, I recently moved to D.C. from Atlanta. And um, people always say that there was this magical day where uh, Democrats re became Republicans and Republicans became Democrats. And I haven't been able to, in my research, find it. <laughs> Is that ever happening? No. And, uh, I guess I could say that I am a black male. So I've seen that, you know, I went through the history and, like, how Democrats were the KKK and all of that. Yeah. Like the things with the Black Toads and Jim Crow. But then they say that there was this day that Republicans became Democrats and Democrats became Republicans. Right. But I just 
So how do I respond to people when they say this? Well, it is factually not true. Um, it, what there was over time was a, a gradual shifting in regionalism in the country where the South had been very Democrat and the North had been very Republican. And over time, that shifted. And one of the main reasons that that shifted is because of geographic changes, the demographic changes in the nation, where a lot of people who live North moved to the South. Um, a lot of uh, particularly Southern blacks began moving to be closer to family in the North because of Jim Crow and, and segregation and whatnot. There were shifts around the country. Likewise, uh, there were cultural shifts. Um, the, the secularists were rise in the Northeast gave rise to many people who had been Republican Episcopalians becoming Democratic atheists. And in the South, a lot of people who had been Roosevelt Kennedy Democrats realized that the Democratic Party had drifted away from their values, uh, not racist values, but values of uh, mom and apple pie and pro-life and small government, and, and they became Republican. Uh, it, it, trying to say that Democrats became Republicans, Republicans became Democrat really is too simplistic. Um, there were, for example, in the Senate uh, and the House in the civil rights era. Uh, it was Republicans who really passed a lot of the civil rights legislation. Those people remained Republicans and the Democrats who opposed it, like Al Gore's dad, remained Democrats. Um, it's just it's kind of a, a nonsensical spin that Democrats like to say, because otherwise they've got to answer the awkward question of uh, Democrats backing slavery and um, supporting Jim Crow laws. Instead of having to confront that and try to confront that, they say, oh, no, 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 those people are all Republicans now. Um, it's their ideological shortcut. Remember, if you remember only one thing, Democrats and progressives have and don't want any sense of history. Chris, thanks very much for the phone call. Back to the phones we go. Teddy in Los Angeles, you're up next. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Sure. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Okay, good, great. Um, so I actually have a question. I uh, wanted to hear your comments about the Supreme Court pick. But uh, just in terms of the last call, there's actually a new study in American Economic Review uh, that just showed that the shift of Southern whites from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party was actually due to racial views and not economic policy attitudes. I'm not sure if you saw that. Yes, um, I did. And I also think it's been fairly well debunked by a number of other studies. I mean, saying one study says something and another study contradicts it, that tends to be the, the view these days. But, but what do you think about Kavanaugh? Oh, well, so I know uh, you're never Trump, right, as far as I yeah. I'm aware. Um, but I'm actually curious to see what you hear what you have to say, because I know that, you know, there are other justices out there that would be more conser more conservative or still have these sort of conservative views. But uh, I know that one of Kavanaugh's views is that the president is sort of above the law and can you know fire the special counsel and things like that. And I'm sort of wondering what you think about that and if that's sort of a deal breaker for you uh, and maybe pushing Trump to uh, or the GOP to sort of resist this and go for another pick that is still conservative but wouldn't allow Trump to fire Mueller um, uh, and go no, to the Supreme Court with so what Kavanaugh actually said, and it's kind of been badly misreported today. I actually had to pull up and read his law review article myself. He actually wrote it. Uh, he, he authored an opinion in 2009 and then it expanded in a law review article in 2011. And, and what he makes very clear is that he does believe there are three branches of government and that the special counsel, because it comes from the executive branch, is beneath the president. So the president does have the legal authority to fire him. But Congress does have the authority to impeach the president if he does that. But his specific point on whether or not the president can be indicted is his argument is that 
He doesn't believe that the president can be indicted, that it sh- that he should be impeached. However, he goes on to say this is a nebulous issue that courts should not weigh in on and that this is something Congress itself should clarify. And unless Congress clarifies this, then the status quo position is going to be chaos. Uh, and his position, his personal position, is that courts should not involve themselves in whether or not the president can be indicted. That if Congress feels very strongly that there's a there there, they should either pass a law clarifying that, yes, they believe the president can be indicted, or they should go on and impeach the president. He, he doesn't make it as, as easily a black and white issue. Uh, many people today are casting this as the president— as um, Kavanaugh saying the president can't be indicted. If you actually read his law review article, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that it, traditionally, no, and, and it would be bad constitutionally for the president to be indicted. And in fact, it would make a uh, prosecutor inside the executive branch far more powerful than the president who can fire that prosecutor. And that all of this can be resolved if Congress just acts. I actually agree with that opinion. Uh, I do. I'm actually of the opinion that Congress, if they want to indict the president or they think the president should be indicted, they should impeach him and let it happen. I'm with Kavanaugh that there are three branches of government. This is one thing. I've got some concerns about Kavanaugh, but the three branches of government is not one of them. He is very consistent in the idea there are three branches of government. Where does a special prosecutor fall? He falls within the executive branch. Who is the executive of the executive branch? The president. So can the president fire anyone in the executive branch? Yes, according to Kavanaugh. Um, That also has big implications for the civil service. Can the president fire members of the civil service? I think he should be able to. Um, Congress has disagreed in the past and restrained him, and that's one of Kavanaugh's points, is that Congress can certainly restrain the president from doing some of these things. Uh, Dennis, in Orlando, you're next. Welcome. How you doing, Eric? Good. How are you? Um, hi, I'm good. I'm uh, the same opinion. I think uh, Kavanaugh is a safe pick. I would have picked uh, Amy Comey Bear as well. Uh, I'm want to get your thoughts. I'm looking forward to uh, the president's potential next pick. Uh, while while we'd like to think that Ruth Bader Ginsburg could live to be a thousand or so, uh, it's not likely that she would survive a second term uh, of his, and he'd have a pick. Now, you know, hate can fuel people a very long time. And so if she really hates the president, she may try to hang on. But yeah, listen, uh, I think that there was a a joke late this evening around the White House that if something were to happen to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the Republicans hold the Senate, that Amy Coney Barrett is the replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, That would be a fascinating pick. 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. Jonathan in Pennsylvania, you're next. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, thank you for taking my call, Eric. Sure. Hi, yes. Um, well, thank you again for taking my call. You should know that um, I am an openly gay young Republican, and, and I was um, obviously, well, I am pro-life, but I also favor Obergefell, so it's kind of a cognitive dissonance situation there for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's all um, right. I understand. Obviously, well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I do think that Kavanaugh was a uh, very good pick. And um, my second choice was actually going to be Amy Barrett. I'm also Catholic as well. Now, again, we can get into debate about Catholicism later. But um, basically, um, is that my main concern with uh, um, Amy was that she didn't have enough experience. But um, with Kavanaugh, and I still do have some questions about him, but um, I think right now going forward, the big question is, 
someone asked me this, is there anyone opposed to Roe v. Wade that accepts Obergefell's good law? And I would say, well, yes, in part, because Obergefell has been logistically easier to administer, but Mm -hmm. Roe has not been easy to administer. And we may have differences on marriage equality, but I think that, you know, it's one pro-life person to another. I think um, everyone would have to agree that Roe has not been easy to administer to the states at all. And I think with Obergefell, um, it's gone mostly, it's gone smoothly for the most part. Yeah, you know, I I disagree with you on, on Obergefell, but yeah, I agree with your, your point that, yeah, particularly because even Ruth Bader Ginsburg acknowledges that Roe was written so poorly as to allow exactly. it, essentially, if you could get to a point in this country where on the day of conception, you could place the embryo in a contraption that l- allowed it to live outside the womb. Uh, suddenly, you could ban abortion from the day of conception in this country under the logic of Roe. And most people don't yeah. realize that. And she's pointed that out. But, it, it, Jonathan, I, I got to stop you here because, okay, you're gay, conservative, and Catholic. Um, what part of the conspiracy, Catholic conspiracy to take over America do you belong to being categorized as that? Because the Daily Beast tells me that there is a Catholic conspiracy to take over the country. Oh, my. Well, you know, I think they said the same thing about Al Smith way back in the 1920s. Did they not? Or, yes. I don't know. It, it, so. it, 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 it's a fascinating. Listen, thank you so much for calling it. It's it, it, gay, conservative, Catholic, Roe v. Wade, uh, oppose it, Obergefell support it. God bless you for that, man. I, I really appreciate you calling in. Well, I appreciate you for hearing me. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. Um, but let's see. I, yeah, I got time for Tim in Indianapolis. Thanks very much for calling in. Tim, how are you? Doing well. Appreciate you taking my call. Sure. I wanted to ask you about uh, the Chevron Doctrine and uh, Judge Kavanaugh's opinions uh, on that in the past um, and how that would affect uh, basically uh, different institutions of the U.S. government. Yes. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I tweeted earlier, we now have, if Kavanaugh is confirmed, we'll have a majority on the Supreme Court that hates uh, the Chevron case. Uh, for those who don't know, the Chevron case essentially uh, describes how courts must defer to um, bureaucratic agencies on how they write rules. And Scalia joined liberal several years ago, along with Clarence Thomas, although Clarence Thomas uh, was more of a, a, a tenuous joining of the liberal majority with Scalia to say that courts must determine whether or not agencies have the power to write stuff. And then if they do have that power, they must also then determine whether or not their their regulation was within the scope of their power. John Roberts and Sam Alito have taken the position in the past, as have Brett Kavanaugh, that courts have no power to decide if bureaucrats have power. Congress must decide that. And only then do they say, was it legitimately enacted? Um, this really, if Kavanaugh gets on the court, you could see the upending of the bureaucratic regulatory state, and that's a good thing. More of your calls when we come back.
My buddy David French in the Washington Post has had a piece. Pick, Trump picked the wrong judge. He should have gone with Amy Barrett. I, I wish he had, but he didn't. So now we move on. Um, I'm going to go back to the phones now to Bradley in Orlando, Florida. Welcome. Brad? Uh, I guess I'm not going to go there. Danny in Atlanta, you're next. Hey, uh, uh, good evening. I, I thought I'd just shed some light on the subject. Uh, having studied Roe v. Wade many, many years ago in college, but had Judge Barrett been selected, I, I don't think there's any way she would have been confirmed because Republicans have already come out and said that they would have voted not to confirm her, and she's even said uh, some pro-life things about the Roe v. Wade decision. There's even documents on what she said, whereas Kavanaugh uh, hasn't really uh, uh, – stated any opinion other than to uphold the president precedent of roe v wade and i I think that it was a safe pick for the president the Kavanaugh is pro-business uh there is one uh uh, ironic thing though i do think that if the president is subpoenaed uh in the uh moeller case uh that i think Kavanaugh would uh, vote that he would have to testify i don't know if we ever get to that point but uh, just my final point about Roe v. Wade, what, what I think a lot of people don't understand is is that that in 1973, the way the Constitution was imper- interpreted, uh, and, and right or wrong, and there, there just is no protection uh, written in the Constitution for the unborn, so that's why we need a constitutional amendment. And I am pro-life, I am Catholic, and it was, I think it was a tragic decision, but if you read the decision... You know, that was the argument of uh, Justice Blackman, who wrote, I think, the majority opinion, who also was a Catholic. Yeah, you know, the the primary basis of Roe versus Wade was the the privacy argument, um, the privacy argument that derived from Griswold, and that women essentially had a privacy right to their bodies, and um, it wasn't necessarily on the the life of the child issue. It was based on the privacy right. It, in fact, it basically said that when the child gets to a point of viability outside the womb, that suddenly the privacy right goes away and you move to the protect life phase. Uh, let's see. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to work any more of you in tonight because we are pretty much out of time here. I don't even have a full minute left. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, highly regarded on all sides, frankly, outside of aggressive partisan Democrats, uh, the president's nominee for the United States Supreme Court. Uh, the New York Times already publishing an op-ed from a liberal law professor saying guy is totally qualified and should be the nominee and and should be on the Supreme Court. We will see. Eric Erickson here on the Cox Media Group family of stations. You guys have a great night.